Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 12, 2017, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page XXVIII, the last paragraph. Today's readers are Raz R. on the 12 Steps, Felicia D. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Harlan G., Janice B., and Vinga P. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, January 11, 2017, is 9471, and our newcomer greeter today is Lisa B., OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Roz R. to read the 12 steps of OA. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you, Roz. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. Um, Good morning, everyone. This is Roz R. from Florida, Um, recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message 
to compulsive overeaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Roz R. I will now ask Felicia D. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning. This is Felicia D. from Maine, grateful, recovering, compulsive eater. Here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Felicia D. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. 
today we begin our reading in the big book on page XXVIII, the last paragraph which begins, Men and Women Drink, and we will read through two paragraphs um, ending that require a few simple rules. And I will ask Harlan G. to begin our reading. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Thank you for your service. This is Harlan G., a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Can I be heard? Yes, you can, Harlan. Oh, great. Thank you. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful, with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over, and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. Well, the second paragraph really tells my life story, and so does the first one, but the second one is the focus of our sharing this morning. I was doomed. I seemed doomed. The key word there is seemed. From the time I was a toddler, People would be screaming and yelling at my mother and father about how much I was eating and how much I weighed and how fat I was getting. And they would scream at my mother and father about, what are you feeding this kid? What the heck is going on here? And then when I got to be about five or six years old, they they started screaming directly at me. I was absolutely beside myself with a desire to acquiesce to their demands. More than anything, I wanted to be thin. More than anything, I wanted to be the person that they wanted me to be. I cried many, many times because they yelled at me and they scared me and sometimes they would push me down and sometimes they would slap me. And none of that worked because all I wanted to be was thin, but all I wanted to do was eat. Now, because of time, it's very, very important not to dwell in the fact that I did not want to live in this world. I was suicidal. I despaired of ever having a life. I didn't fit in my skin. I didn't fit in my clothes. I didn't fit in my desk at school. I didn't fit in my life. And there was no help available anywhere. No matter what I did, every time I tried, the harder I tried, the fatter I seemed to get. And so I just said, God, if you really are out there, please take my life. I do not want to live in this world. 
because I saw no purpose to it. The more I didn't want to eat, the more food I shoved in my mouth. Now, what this paragraph tells me is that if I follow these rules, I can have a great life. For 18 years plus, I have been free of the compulsion to to eat. I have been free of compulsive overeating and compulsive overeating behaviors. I have lost over 500 pounds, and I have done so happily. I am free. I am alive. I want to be alive. I love every day. Do I have everything I want? No. There's nothing in this book that says, okay, now you get what you want. Now life is easy. There's nothing in this book that says that. But I don't have to eat compulsively today. I don't have to shake in terror because I'm going to the airport today to go to Los Angeles and I'm going to be in public and no one, hopefully, will laugh at me and point at me and laugh at me in public like kids used to do and adults used to do. I am free and I want to be alive. This is the greatest way of life imaginable. This book this program, and specifically a vision for you, which is the renaissance of OA, can set anyone free as long as they follow a few simple rules, which are the 12 steps. There is a great life out there. I don't have to sit in meetings and get bigger and bigger and bigger every year. I don't have to go. and And I'm going to end with this. Welcome to OA. This paragraph set me free. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Harlan G. Okay, so we are going to share on the second paragraph that Harlan read. Who would like to share? Larry. This is Bella. Can I share? We hand up from Boston. Nicole P. Larry. For R. Michigan. Katie G. Okay, let me tell you what who I have so far. Um, I have Larry K, Bella G, Katie G, Nicole B, and Deborah R. Did I miss anyone? Okay, great. Let's begin then with Larry K. Thanks. Thanks so much, Kathy, for your service. Larry K, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, <clears throat> I, I've heard it said. Um, with regard to this change, to those who understand no explanation is necessary, and to those who do not yet understand, no explanation is sufficient. And, you know, it does seem strange to understand how how a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body can be altered by your creator so that you no longer want the food and are in a state of mind, in this state of mind happily. And it's like you're brought to an existence of neutrality where, where the food in the foods that used to own you, your very soul no longer own you and you become untethered. And, and, and as Harlan talked about, you, you become saved, you know, from this disease, from this quicksand. And of course, it, it's miraculous. And how does that happen? <clears throat> well, you, it tells us you got to follow a few simple rules. So you, you don't become a changed human being simply by reading the definitive masterpiece on how to become a changed human being and then contemplating and discussing its finer points. 
you know, nor can I become an electrician, let's say, by hanging around other electricians every day. Can't become that. And I'm guessing that an artist like Picasso didn't become a master painter and sculptor by merely hearing about what other master painters and sculptors did. I bet he got dusty and he got dirty. You know, so busy taking action that he didn't even know what he was becoming as he immersed himself in the actions of an artist. And so too with this practical program of action, it's all in the becoming. You know what Harlan shared, it, it was in the becoming. He didn't just hang around. It's not available to those on the sidelines. You gotta get in the game to experience the joy of what's promised. And I'm so grateful that I, that I have, because I didn't do this for myself. My creator did this for me, but I got dusty and dirty. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. Um, Bella G, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful, powerful paragraph. And yes, the paragraph is is for me, and I was there, you know, and I didn't understand. The first time that I came to the program, and I heard people talking about God and God and God, I really didn't understand. I knew that I want to lose weight. I came here to hear the rules, uh, how to do it, how to lose weight, and goodbye. And thank you, God. Thank you, God. I stay there. And now I understand by following a few simple rules that they are the 12 steps, I change. And I am not the same person as I was before the program. Yes, before the program, I believe that I am doomed. I, I believe that, you know, I am different than other people. I believe that the whole entire world can lose weight, and I am the only one. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am not there anymore. And today, as soon as I put down my alcoholic food, I, 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 I got a change, a mind change. And today, I am connected to a loving, accepting power. And it's wonderful. I just feel I was, I, I am born from new, I am a new person. I am not the, the same person. Today, I am not, I don't even want to go back to the food to solve my problems. Yes, I have my challenges in life, but the food is not the answer. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. And Katie G., please go ahead. Hi, Kathy. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Wonderful. Let me start my timer. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and Bulimic, coming from Boston. You know, um, finds himself easily able to control his desire for food. Holy smokes. I mean, I have spent my entire life trying to control, and if you know me, that's like an understatement. Um, to control my desire to not want to obliterate, to 
want to feel my feelings and be in my body and not use food to fix me, not use food as my happy thought, not use anorexia and three numbers on the scale and going to the gym to feel safe and secure and okay about myself. And um, and I too was completely entirely doomed. And I would hear people talk on the line about having God. And I remember like how, thinking, how do people think about God all day? How do you remember to think about God? How do you remember to trust that there's like this, you know, thing out there that's going to take care of me, whoever God or your higher power is, um, and that somehow that's gonna that's gonna work for me? It is strange. It is bizarre, and I and I never could believe it. But there is a requirement. Hey, guys, open your eyes. There is a requirement if you want this psychic change, you know. And it's not just once. It's not just one and done, you know. It's not just I work the steps once and then I am done, you know. I work the steps every single day, and I, for me, I work the steps every year because I don't care where I was in my powerlessness and unmanageability ten years ago. I want to know where I am with my powerless and unmanageability right now in this moment, you know, and I live in the steps. I, I practice, you know, what we hear so eloquently by our, you know, visionary heroes who teach us entire abstinence, black and white. You know, that was a huge shift for me because I have been a dieter my whole life. Guys, this isn't a diet. This isn't like, oh, well, if my dietitian says it's okay, I don't have to weigh and measure this, then that's okay. For me, if my allergy is quantities, it's not okay. Nothing is okay. I can't rationalize, justify, and defend like I used to on a diet. I have to practice entire abstinence. And then guess what, guys? Even if I go through steps one through nine, I am not immune. Right, I am recovered today, contingent on the maintenance. Maintenance, maintenance means work. My car is at the shop right now. They are working on my car. They are fixing it up. They are too, they are they are replacing what's bad, and they're 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 um, you know, making sure everything that's working is up to snuff. So. We have to follow these few simple rules. I have to show up a day at a time, keep my program first. I fit my life into my program, and that means compassion, patience, tolerance, and loving, even when I don't want to. It means showing up, feeling the feelings, doing it anyway, and not using food. And guess what? I don't want to use it either, and I am going to stay in this room, keep my seat with all of you, and keep doing the do, because it is a privilege, and with that, I pass. Thank you, KDG. Uh, Nicole B., please go ahead. Hi, I'm Nicole P., and I'm a compulsive overeater from Georgia. And hi. And this reading in particular really hits home, especially since I, I have been trying to keep control since I started program. And I realized that I I wouldn't I didn't want to let go because I didn't want to admit that I'm an addict. I didn't want to see food as my drug. And it didn't hit me hard until last night when I was on a meeting and I heard someone share their story. And what really made me realize is this person is, has health problems at the Wahoo, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I realized at that moment I can keep controlling, 
and I might as well have my doctor sign my death certificate because that's what I've been doing. I've been I've been walking dead, so I might as well get ready for another grave if I choose food over life. And it hit me hard because it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want I I don't want to have my leg amputated. I don't want to have health problems. I don't want to be trapped in my body just because I won't admit that I'm an addict. I'm powerless over food, and I really need a higher power. I had to surrender and say, you know what, I'm done fighting. I've tried it my way, and it doesn't work, and I wholeheartedly believe that now, in particular when it says, once the psychic change has occurred, the very same person who came doomed, who had so many problems, he despaired over it ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire. I was crying over sugar when I wanted to be in control. And for the first time today, because I took myself out of the equation and put God in it, it's gone well. I didn't stress about it. I'm not crying over food. I'm not thinking, oh, I missed this and I missed that because I know that that's drug to me. And I want to live, so for the first time in my life, I am ready to surrender and I'm ready to live. And if that means that I have to have a certain food list that I can't eat, then that's what it means. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole T. And Deborah R., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy Kay, and thank you for your service. Good morning. Uh, good morning. And uh, I was, um, psychic voice kind of threw me, and I, I knew it was had something to do with my mind, but just for clarity, I checked out the dictionary. It means uh, psychic, uh, of or relating to human soul or mind, mental, denoting mental phenomena, it's outside of the scientific knowledge, in other words, spiritual. And um, among this word, or two words, psychic change, not just psychic, being mental or spiritual, it's a change. And on this one page, it's noted three different times, the paragraph before, the paragraph we're in, and we'll come across it again as we keep reading this week. Um, And I like to sometimes help myself and uh, others just reread it with once a spiritual awakening has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly found himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. And whoever, he who despaired. And I think in order for me personally, and I don't know about you, I had to be desperate because the simple rules that they talk about following at the end of the paragraph are indeed the 12 steps. And it didn't say um, take it piecemeal. They didn't say just take steps 1, 2, and 3, and 12. It said required. Only effort being required was to follow some simple rules. And these rules have an order 
and a purpose to be in the order that they are. And they all need to be worked in order. It's a textbook that we're reading. And in order to have that spiritual awakening, Uh, Deborah, we lost you. Can you uh, press star one? Can you hear me? Uh, we hear some background music. Is there music in your house? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant to mute that before I logged on. I think I'm just about out of time, but I'll wrap up with the psychic change. I think of it as spiritual awakening. And only by following these steps did I have the privilege and that being passed. Thank you, Deborah R. Okay, um, who else would like to share on the second paragraph read today? Nancy R. Melissa, Melissa D. Sarah W. Monica. Lisa P. Okay, let me just. Somebody in here. I have Nancy R. Melissa C. Did I hear you, Kim G? I can't. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But if I, if I'm going to have to pass if I can't go. I'm going to have to leave for work if I can't go the first couple. So just just take okay. me off the list. There's plenty of people. Sarah W. Reva P. Who else? Leanne. 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 I don't know yeah. your first initial. W. Okay. Leanne. Monica. Monica. Right. Oh. Okay, let's stop there. Suji. Okay, Sue, we'll stop with you. Hopefully we'll get to everybody. I have Nancy R., Kim G., Melissa C., Sarah W., Reva P., Leanne W., Monica T., Vasa O., and Sue G. Okay, let's go, Nancy R. Thank you. Ah, Thank you. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Oh. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, and thank you for your service. And uh, good morning, everyone. I'm Nancy Aura. I am indeed a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And um, yesterday's reading and today's evoked such a strong emotion from me, I felt uh, compelled to share. Uh, It took me back to my childhood and the religious tradition I was raised in. Um, There would be revivals and 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 uh, our people stress being born again, and people would st- talk about how their lives had been changed once they had accepted uh, a God, and the things they used to do they don't they don't do anymore. And they would say the places I used to go I don't go anymore. And um, uh, as I grew older, I longed for that experience. Because I knew that uh, I wanted God to help me with my overeating. Well, I wanted God to help me to lose weight. And I would pray and I would pray and I would wonder uh, why I couldn't get it. Why I couldn't get this God that uh, did these miraculous things for other people. And it just didn't seem to work for me. Uh, My grandmother used to talk about she was regenerated and born again. She was a new creature. And uh, I would pray. uh, even in OA, I joined a prayer group and we would read scriptures and pray to be relieved of our uh, food obsession. Well, basically, we were praying to lose weight, I have to be honest. And 
when I read this, it just uh, uh, memories just flooded up, and also feelings of thanksgiving, because what happened, um, no directions were given. We were just told that God would do these things, but no specific directions were given as to get him to do these uh, things for you in your life. And I just became so grateful because I, today I can say uh, places I used to go, I don't go anymore. In the grocery aisles, I don't go to those sections anymore. You know, I don't go there anymore. Uh, those are their places. I don't go to, to to the places where I used to go to get my fix. I don't go there anymore. And I was just saying, yes, I finally got it. You know, what I long for, I have today. I am a new creature. I am a new creature. I don't eat that way anymore. I don't have a desire for it. Uh, God came into my life and expelled the obsession, and I, too, am a new creature. But I had to follow that the, the difference is I was given some specific instructions to follow. And once I followed them, I became a new creature. And I am just so excited and so full of gratitude that today I can say, yes, I've been reborn. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. Um, Kim G., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Suddenly, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. And that's the mental obsession. I have to tell you, for many years in Overeaters Anonymous, what I thought was the best I could hope for was to white-knuckle it one day at a time. That if I fought the food all day and went to bed exhausted from fighting the food, that was a good day. That no matter how I behaved or acted or experienced during the day, if I was abstinent, I was a winner. And if I was abstinent more than I was an abstinent, that was a good year in Overeaters Anonymous. I just, that's sad. That is sad to me that I settled for that when this program offers me freedom. You know, I often heard my belief, you know, it's easier to be an alcoholic because alcoholics just don't drink. I have to eat three times a day. And that's not true. Alcoholics drink. They drink soda. They drink water. They drink orange juice. They do not drink alcohol. Of course I eat. But I do not eat my binge foods, I do not eat my binge ingredients, and I do not engage in my, my um, alcoholic behaviors. I used to have a popular saying in my area, i got to take the cage tiger out of the cage three times a day. I mean, that's an awful way to live. That's not what my book is promising me. This promise, book promises me freedom. I always identified myself as recovering, which was that I was always going to be sick. This book says consistently, recovered, recovered, recovered. And if you want to know what that means, go to page 84 and 85, because recovered is the most humble thing that I say, because God is doing for me something I could never do by myself. I'm being promised if I follow these few simple rules, which are the steps, if I work these steps and I get a connection with a higher power, that obsession will be removed. I am going to be abstinent happily. And let me tell you, that's been my experience for the last six years. I had six years of abstinence when I first came to L.A. in the 90s. And believe me, I felt every minute of it. I got through six years saying, tomorrow I'm going to have a bagel. Tomorrow I'm going to have a bagel. And then not having that bagel one day at a time. Today, I am joyously free. I'm easily able to control my desire for alcohol because I, I vigorously work these steps. But I want to warn you that the allergy of the body is a permanent condition. Because I get through these steps does not mean that I can easily control my allergy. Unfortunately, we hear that. I heard on the meeting this week that someone, you know, 
I can have a cookie and be okay. If that is your truth, my hat is off to you. But if you're the alcoholic of the type that's in this book, if you're the alcoholic of the type that's described in here, you can never, ever, ever have your alcoholic foods again. But the promise of this book is you won't care whether you do or not. I don't care that I can't have those binge foods because I have a life that I'm connected with the power and I am asking it happily day after day after day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And Melissa C., please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, who seemed doomed? You know, that wasn't um, melodramatic. You know, yes, doomed. Um, no way out. I thought I was going to be fat and suffering forever, you know, or struggling thin. Um, you know, I would dream of being thin while hiding from my family, you know, upstairs with a carton of ice cream, a box of cookies, a bag of candy. Um, and every morning I woke up with a terrible stomach ache. You know, my head was pounding. I had a nasty aftertaste in my mouth and a sincere resolution, you know, to never do this again. And yet um, if I could get to work without going through the drive through Dunkin' Donuts, I wasn't um, able to do it on the way home, you know, and I, so what's changed? You know, why is this not my reality anymore? Um, you know, it's the psychic change. So long as I follow a few simple rules, I can easily remain free, easily able to control my desire um, for food. And, you know, and so I think like, the desire, for the most part, it, it does. It goes away. It doesn't go away immediately. You know, and I'm thinking about people um, who are newly abstinent since January 1st, you know, or who are um, trying to get abstinent, and they're crawling out of their skin, and maybe they've picked up already, and they're wondering why it's not easy for them yet. You know, and, and the truth is it's not easy. Um, the beginning is really uncomfortable. And, you know, the desire in the beginning is screaming. It's that voice that's screaming, screaming, screaming. And the, um, and the willingness that, you know, of what we should and shouldn't do is like a whisper. But rest assured, you know, if you um, are willing to be extraordinarily uncomfortable in the beginning, that was my truth. What happens is the desire grows into it either disappears or when it does emerge again, it's that it's a very quiet whisper. And um, what is best for me is the louder voice. And so occasionally when a thought crosses my mind like, um, hey, I'll eat a little bit of this leftover from my son's plate because that's the crap I used to do, um, you know, sanity returns, and I know that for me is quite dangerous, um, you know, and so the reverse occurs. But first, I think, you know, for people out there who are struggling, um, you've got to stick with it. Take everything that you can, you know, turn to a higher power, whether you understand them or not. It can happen. Miracles can happen. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And Sarah W., please go ahead. 
Good morning, Kathy Kay. Um, it's good to hear you on the line. Thank you for your service. This is Sarah W., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, I wanted to focus on it where it says, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. The only uh, necessary the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. So I was thinking as we were, as I was listening, that I was like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, seriously. Um, whether it be in the food or out of the food, absolutely crazy, uh, you know, with no thought whatsoever about my behaviors, how I affected other people, the um, intense uh uh, self-loathing that I had for myself, but it always came out so sideways towards other people because I was so afraid to allow them to be near me uh, because to love was to be hurt. Um, and, and this is a, a beautiful promise that this program tells us that we, uh, you know, that this addiction is removed from us if we continue on a daily basis to practice these principles. And I think it's really, you know, the steps are on page 59 in the book, but the principles are hidden in them, and that is what I have to live in. And if I fail to live in the principles, I am going to get drunk. There is no doubt in my mind. I can talk about steps, steps, steps all I want, but if I'm not living the principles, it's nothing. So I wanted to say what the principles are because I think they're very important. So in step one, the principle is honesty or admission. Uh, step two is about hope. Step three is faith. Step four is courage. Step five is integrity. Step six is willingness. Step seven is humility. Step eight is brotherly love. Step nine is justice. Step 10 is perseverance. Step 11 is spiritual awareness. And step 12 is service. And all of those, to me, are embodied in the word love, love and tolerance. And I think to myself, I don't get perfect with this program, but I certainly have been transformed. I, I would be unrecognizable to anybody that would ever meet me 20 years ago compared to where I am today. And it's not because of age, because I'm a different human being, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So I say, don't leave before the miracle. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Reva P., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. This second paragraph is the good news for somebody like me. On the other hand, which implies there is hope. And where is the hope? Um, well, what's described in this paragraph, I love the word, his desire for alcohol. It's not um, that I'm controlling the food, but what is relieved is the desire for my substance, um, which reminds me um, that if I practice these few simple rules, I don't need 
the substance. I don't need to get ease and comfort and relief um, through my drug of choice um, because I get the relief um, through practicing the steps. Um, and that is a huge miracle. Um, the other thing that struck me is the word effort because I thought the effort was in the control of the food, but it's the opposite. And it says, I won't understand this until I've experienced the miracle. So I have to take this paragraph on faith um, and the, on the um, good news of people who have already recovered and they can see their powers of example. Because the effort is in following the steps. And against all what it says in this book, I will still try to control the food. I will still try to control people, places, and things. And that's backwards. And although it's not logical, I don't have to understand it. I don't have to analyze it. I don't have to figure it out. I just have to do it. I just have to put in the effort. And I think for somebody like me, a compulsive overeater of my type, it is a daily um, thing that I have to remind myself, my mind will try to convince me there is an easier, softer way. I don't have to do a step 10, 11, or 12. I can just figure this out. But that is a lie, and I recognize the lie today. So I have to keep doing the few simple rules, keep my nose to the grindstone, follow the steps, and then the miracle happens as a result of that. And, um, yeah, and then I'm not that same doomed person, um, and I don't need the substance. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Leanne W., please go ahead. Good morning. My name is Leanne W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. And I just wanted to share that I came into this program as a result of the ICU um, from an experience where my extreme measures to remain at a healthy body weight um, brought me into the emergency room and into the ICU unit. And it was that cardiologist who was on staff who told me about OA. And uh, so recognizing that I definitely had a problem trying to stay at a healthy body weight or underweight, I entered into OA. But for me, when I went into OA at that time, my sponsor handed me the gray sheet. When you have an anorexic who likes to restrict and binge and purge, handing them the gray sheet was not a way for me to be recovered. And so I diligently worked the gray sheet as I went further and further into my disease and ultimately ended up back into the hospital. When I was told to go back to OA, I knew that wasn't going to work for me, and so I ended up 100 pounds overweight. And now 100 pounds overweight, I have my cardiologist telling me I need to do something about this food problem. So back to OA I went, but at that time, the steps were there, and I started working at the steps. However, my fourth step took me well over a year, and my fifth step took me several months to get through my fifth step, and then doing six, seven, and eight. So I was two and a half years into this, and by the time I was done two and a half years later, I was exhausted and ended my recovery at step nine and never went further. And so more weight came on, and as a result, was out here and self-defeated. It wasn't until I came into Vision where I found a sponsor in Vision, and God bless her because it was amazing. She told me to identify my binge food, which I did, and then gave me two weeks to get through my fourth step. I will never forget that. And 
the best thing she told me was what would come up and what didn't come up in my fourth step would come up in my tenth. And so I quickly got through the fourth step, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and now working 10, 11, and 12. And I'm here to say that this program is amazing. When you work the program as it's laid out in the big book and you live in 10, 11, and 12, to me, this is this has been life-changing. I am now at a point in my life where I can say I'm recovered. I'm still not down at my ideal body weight, but that's okay because I'm not eating my binge food. I'm now, you know, a couple of decades older. I'm not participating in my eating behaviors. I am sane around the food, and I am not resentful and bitter, and I'm able to work with others, and I just encourage those who are out there to keep plugging away with that I have. Thank you, Leanne W. Monica T., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. Yeehaw here, Dr. Silkworth. We're studying the doctor's opinion. And Dr. Silkworth is giving us lots and lots of, of wonderful information here. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed. You know, in the paragraph before, he was describing me and my life for decades. Restless, irritable, discontented, doing the same thing over and over and over again. And no matter how much willpower, determination, or whatever, nothing worked to the diets or the therapy, nothing worked. I kept doing the same thing over and over again. But here in this paragraph, he's given me a lot of hope. And he's telling me what I need to do. He's already mentioned a few times in, this, in his letter here, Monica, you've got to identify your binge foods and you've got to put them down. And now I'm going to tell you a little more what you need to do. The very same person who seemed doomed. You know, I was doomed when I came in here. It did seem like a hopeless state of mind and body. I was in a hopeless state of mind and my body. I was scared to death. I was afraid. I was desperate. And he says, okay, this is what you got to do. And I have seen this. You need a psychic change. You need a spiritual awakening. And he tells me how I'm going to get this. I've seen these people, and this is what they've done. They've worked these steps. And Monica, doesn't make any difference what you think. It doesn't make any difference what you feel. It's that you do these steps. You know, and I wasn't sure if they were going to work for me, but I was desperate. The pain brought me here, and I was willing to do the work. My willingness and God's grace equals a mystery, you know, and I just sort of had to lean gently into that and do the work, do the steps required. He's telling me here, I got to do them or it's not going to change. Nothing's going to change. And so I did. And I too am living in a place, you know, in a dimension that I never knew existed. You know, God has relieved those crazy obsessive thoughts. I have freedom today. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. <clears throat> Vasa O, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. And I am 
grateful recovered compulsive reader calling from um, Florida. Identifying, identifying, identifying. Before coming to my first OA meeting, I had no clue what was wrong with me. I was so oblivion. I didn't understand why I could not put the food down and keep it down. I was doomed. I was powerless. I had no control any longer. As a matter of fact, I just gave in into the food even more. I surrendered to the food before I came to Overeaters Anonymous, which I did not know that it existed, this meeting that existed. So because everything is what I tried, it just did not work. And I just resigned, and I was doomed. I said, I'm just going to die unhappy and miserable. There was nothing more that I wanted at that time than just to put the food down and get into my thin body. I had the gift of desperation. I was just so, so ready and willing to surrender to God, a higher power, the 12 steps. I remember saying to my sons, I just don't care. I just don't want to do this by myself any longer. Whatever I am doing, it's not working. And I threw myself. I listened to the first meeting, how the program worked, over and over. And I listened to the promises. And I wanted those promises. But they were going to happen one by one. And they started happening, the promises. The first promise I got, I put the food down. It's by the grace of God. I lost the weight within six months. I mean, that was a miracle. That was a miracle. It's something that I wanted to accomplish for 25 years. All of a sudden, it was happening. And um, suddenly find himself easily to be able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple directions. And the recipe and the directions are right here in the big book. I can identify with the, you know, with, with the, the alcoholics that had gone before me, and I, I can identify with the food addicts right from the beginning. Yes, this is me, this is me, and I will do whatever it takes not to go back to the food. It, by the grace of God, has been many, many, many years. My life is so changed. I'm new creation. I'm new person. I'm not the person I used to be. And it is one day at a time, and it is putting the food down first, and then working the steps. One step at a time, all of them, not just one, two, and three. And I'm just so grateful that I'm doing what everybody's doing here and to get the recovery. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, Suji, we have uh, just Two minutes, okay? Can you share short? Thank you. Hi, that's fine. Because um, I've got so much going on that I'd like to say that I'm going to have to shorten it. Um, CG from Michigan, recovered by the grace of God. And I do mean recovered. I, I used to think I was recovered because I followed the steps. Um, but I, I wasn't, until Sunday I didn't realize that I was not being honest with myself. Therefore, how could I be honest totally with anybody else if I wasn't being honest with with myself? 
I'm so glad someone brought up the principles because the principles, if we let the principles, we're going to have more. I don't know if this is going to come out right. <clears throat> I ha- I asked somebody, well, if all you're in here for is is to have a food plan and and, re- and release weight, what's going to keep you in? If you're not doing service to somebody else, what's going to keep you in? What's going to make you want to stay? And so it's the principles, and I'm so glad. I was so happy to ha- to hear them again. Um, and. You know, I hear a voice now. I listen to God. I hear a little voice when, when I have a food thought. No. That's all I hear. Just no. And I walk away. I mean, I don't even have to. Um, you know, I'm careful because you, you <laughs> if you say too much, sometimes, you know, uh, pride cometh before a fall. So I have to be careful. But so far, it has been such so much easier. And I'm not controlling it. God is. I'm allowing God to control my food. I'm allowing God to control my program. Um, a lot of it, a lot of the rest is staying the same as far as working the steps. But it's that difference and hearing that little voice saying no when I have a food thought. And yes, I'll help you with your food plan. And it's just, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing. And I... um time. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Sue. Um, Okay, it's now time for us to close the first hour meeting. Um, Thank you, everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Janice B., would you please read A Vision for You? Thank you. Yes, thank you, Kathy. This is Janice B., Recovered Compulsive Overreader. Thank you, God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.